Norma, would you pray for our time in the Word and fellowship?
to stay in this just atmosphere of worship, and I'm just going to allow that song to play over us once again. And whatever your need is this morning, just press in. God,
I'm sorry, I just Lord Jesus, I just pray that that you touch our bodies yes. from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, Father God. Yes, Father. We will trust you. Thank you, Lord. And everything. My God, and we trust our life to be with you in paradise forever. Mm. We will trust you in this earth with everything as well, Lord Jesus, with our health. So, Lord, in the specific, just want to lift it up to you, my brother. God, that you touch his eyesight, Father God, that this new medication will work for him, Father. Lord Jesus, that he will not have to go through the surgery process, Father God. God, I pray that he will trust you. And I know that he does, Father. I pray that you give him the strength he needs every day, Father God. And even now, as we pray, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you touch his eyes right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. That you will heal him completely, my God. That he will continue to be able to see without no problems, Father God. So we thank you in advance for how you're going to move, Father, and how you're going to heal his eyes, Father God, for caring, my Lord Jesus, for her lower back pain, Father God. That you will touch her even now, my God. Touch her completely, Father. For Sherry as well, Lord Jesus, I know that she has pretty much the same condition as my brother, Father. In her eyesight, Father God, I pray as well for healing. I pray for her body as well, Lord Jesus. From the top of her head to the sole of her feet, my God, that you strengthen her physically, mentally, spiritually, Father God, financially, my God. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh. Lord Jesus, that we few all things are possible, my God. So we thank you. How are you going to move in each of us? I pray for Yvette, Father God, for that, that cough that she has for so long, Father. Lord, whatever it is causing her, Father God, would you please touch her even now, my yes. God. Yes. From the top of her head to the sole of her feet, Father God. Mm. Whatever is going on in her lungs or in whatever area in her body, Father God, that you touch her right yes. now in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God. Doreen, for, I pray for Doreen as well, Lord Jesus, that you touch her from the top of her head to the sole of her feet, Father God, for her lungs to be open, for that asthma to cease, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that she will be able to breathe without no problems, Father God. I pray that you give her wisdom and discernment, Father God, Lord Jesus, Lord God, for her to make the right decision in her life, Father God. So bless her deeply, strengthen her, continue to, to speak to her clearly, Lord Jesus. And thank you for her life, God, and how you are moving in her heart and in her mind, Father God. That she has the night of Christ, that she's not alone, that you are for her and not against her, Father God. And Lord Jesus, we lift it up to you, my girl, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, a woman that has so many things in her body, God, that are not working properly, God. Lord Jesus, we ask you that you touch her even now, Lord Jesus, from the top of her head to the sole of her feet, Father God. Lord, she's always, like literally, I can say 24-7 almost, constantly serving, 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 giving, 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 my God, even when she's in excruciating pain, even when she cannot even have time for herself, she's yes, always Lord. giving to someone, to, to people around 
everyone around her, Father God. I pray that you would continue to strengthen her, my God, her yes. body, that you touch her, Father God, for this new procedure that she's going to have on Friday, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that it will be a great relief for her neck, Father. Lord Jesus, touch her even now, Lord God, because we know that you are Jehovah Rapha, yes. the healer. The, the, the doctor, the excellent doctor, Father God. So we thank you. We trust you with everything, God. And I thank you for my life. I thank you for everything that you're doing, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that you touch my body as well. I thank you, God, that I can trust you in every single area of my life, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that you have not given me the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and sound mind, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that you have touched my lips, that I can speak that I know that all I have is the truth of God implanted in my brain and in my heart and it has been written in my heart God so Lord help me help me every day to speak only the truth of God that is only what only thing that I want to do God is speak the truth of the gospel to those around me and not only just to speak of God but I want to God be your eyes God, I want to be an example to other God. I want to know because of me, not because of me, God. It's just because of you, God. So thank you. We worship you. We give you all the glory and honor. And how are you going to move in this fellowship? And it's anyone, Lord Jesus, that, that is still sick in and, and our fellowship, God, I pray that you touch it now, God. And I lift it up, Lord Jesus, I have been praying for her, God. Lord, please, will you touch me deep that body this morning, God. Lord Jesus, that she will be able to ruin even, even a, a sip of water. Lord, my God, Lord, would you please, God, you are the great physician, you are Yahweh Rapha, you are her provider, you are her peace, my God, Lord Jesus, would you touch her, God, that she will have some kind of relief in her, all her, uh, major organs, my God, would you open the flood of heaven, my God, would you open those vessels for that blood to flow, Father God, that she would not have so much, oh, I, oh, I mean, so much pain that she is right now, Jesus, Lord Jesus. So bless her deep, the strength in her, my God. Give her the peace that surpasses all of the standing, my Lord Jesus. And I pray for Jose, her husband, God, that you gave her, give him patience and strength. Come for his heart, my God, to see your love for going through what she's going through. Jesus, God, I know it's yes. hard. Lord Jesus, so bless her deeply, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Application. Sustained effort, hard work. From the root word apply, to give one's full attention to a task to work hard. And as we've been hearing over these months, applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. If we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book. An impractical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you have learned, or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, Put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. When we apply the Bible, God himself will be with us. The degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding the word, a word apply is not enough. We must actually apply it. Application implies action, and obedient action is the final step in causing God's Word to come to life in our lives. The application of Scripture enforces and further enlightens our study, and it also serves to sharpen our discernment, and everyone should be able to finish this, helping us to better distinguish between good and evil. 
good and evil. And as I've been encouraging us over the past few weeks, that which is evil is actually good in our day. That which once used to be in the dark is in the light, and it's being presented to us as good. And so if we're not applying truth, we are going to be led astray. You see, (laughs) I keep saying to us, we can't make this up, what we're living. We hear Scripture when Jesus says you must be born again and born again of the Spirit. We hear Jesus tell, you know, when He's asked, are you a king? And He lets us know that His kingdom is not of this world. We understand that Jesus could have called forth legions of angels to deal with the Romans, the Jews, on the day of his crucifixion. But he didn't. We see all through Genesis through Revelation, God revealing himself to us. Ultimately through his son Jesus because he's pleased to. But apart from God, we are just natural people. We are birthed in the natural, in the flesh. And we are an enemy to God's throne. We're not seeking God. We're seeking ourselves. I've been praying for us. I'm like, God, and not just us, but just the church at large throughout the earth. Like the times in which we're living, what we're experiencing on the earth. You can't make it up. I mean, Scripture, it's the only book in history that is alive. And everything that it has presented over the years is happening. And you can't make it up. And yet people are still dull to the senses trapped by their natural instincts. And yet God is moving in ways to keep revealing himself, revealing himself, revealing himself, revealing himself. And yet people are still resisting him and resisting him and resisting him. And I go, oh God, help us. Because it's his his desire to have a people that he will call his own and in return they will call him their God. Adam and Eve couldn't fulfill what God purposed. Israel couldn't fulfill what God purposed. Only Christ could. Only Christ could. That purpose to have a people that he would call his own and in return they will call him their God. Adam and Eve God wasn't surprised what took place with Israel. God wasn't surprised what took place because ultimately God knew the cross was always purpose. The Messiah Jesus would come to redeem mankind back to the Father. Full expression of love that all creation will know of God's love. Listen, you all. 
God is awakening us. And we've got to stop resisting Him. We've got to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. If we're truly born again, if we're not born again, then I don't know what you're holding on to that's keeping you from all that God has for you. Because everything else that we can possibly hold on to or have excuses for, it's all temporal and all of that's fading away. And you are settling for the temporalness of life. And you say, but Rob, you say this every week, every week, every week. It's almost like a broken record. But yeah, but the, it's not that I'm saying it every week, but are you listening? <laughs> and not are you just listening, but are you applying the truth in which you hear? Because it's sustained effort. It's hard work. You're going to get up from this place, or you even could be sitting in this place today and still have a lot of stuff running through your mind. That's keeping you from paying attention. You're going to get up and you're going to walk out that door and you're going to be bombarded 24-7 with lies and deceits and, and desires and wants that's only going to drag you away. And it doesn't mind you giving you a little poof. You want to be a Christian? Poof. Poof. Okay. Okay. Pretend. <laughs> Have your, have your so-called faith, but in reality, it's just superstition. But are we truly saved? Are we truly Christians? As we talked about on Friday night, do we truly have the assurance of salvation found in Christ and Christ alone? Do we know our God? Are we learning of our God? And I keep encouraging you, you can't learn your theology from the world, you can't learn your theology from this realm, and you can't learn your theology from yourself. <laughs> Are you in the Word of God? Are you seeking the Holy Spirit's counsel each day to apply truth to your life? And what does that look like? We're not to be that dog that keeps returning back to its vomit. No, we're new creations. If you're in Christ, you've been born again. And now you're maturing and now you're growing. You're not perfect. When you sin, you get up. You remember your advocate. You remember Christ because this is all we're doing. We're living for Christ now. We're living for Christ now. It's all for Christ. That's how we're to be living as Christians. It's all for Him. We are surrendered to His will. We're surrendered to His ways. We're surrendered to his kingdom, because that's ultimately his message. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Are you seeking the kingdom? Because again, we're to be the people of God, to in the will of God, for the glory of God. Carrie, can I see your phone? I read this yesterday, and then I posted it. Thank you. And I thought, God... God help us. <laughs> but I was so encouraged by this guy. I don't know him. But apparently he's an evangelist that travels around. And this is a testimony that he shared. He says, a good looking young couple recently approached me at the altar asking for a prophetic word of blessing regarding their relationship. Expecting me just to quickly bless them, they bowed their heads immediately. Without even seeking the Lord, I said, are you two sleeping together? The look on their faces as their heads snapped 
was priceless. They didn't even have to answer me. I said, you're asking me to bless something that the word of God has clearly already called sinful? You need a prophetic word? What you need is to repent of your sins, stop sweeping together, separate, and then I'll pray God's blessings upon you. They marched out of the church faster than I could blink and gave me the middle finger on the way out the door. To be completely transparent, as I continue to preach in more than 50 churches and conferences a year in America, I am fully convinced that the true uncompromised gospel of Jesus Christ If the true, uncompromised gospel of Jesus Christ was boldly preached with authority in many of our our churches, they would be emptied out rather than filled up. Sexual morality is at the top of almost every list of sins in the New Testament. And it's even emphasized in the book of Revelation as one of Satan's primary weapons against the church in the end times. He goes on. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Lifting our hands up on a Sunday morning and pulling our pants down on Friday night is not okay. Rather, you're heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, or however else sexual you want to get. But if it's not in covenant as defined by word, by the word man and woman, then God condemns it. Saints, the sin of sexual morality is not just in the pews. It's behind some of the pulpits and strutting around on stages behind the keyboards and in the choir. I believe God is releasing bold prophetic messengers in this hour that will specifically confront the sin of sexual morality in the church and raise up a standard of righteousness in the land. Now is the time to drop the plumb line, make true disciples, and fulfill the Great Commission. Preach the word and stop apologizing for it. This is what we're up against. And every generation, the church has been up against that which is rising up to push the church down. But we know, especially if you're reading the Word of God, that in the end times, listen, we're going to be pushed out of culture. We're not going to be accepted. Now, the church that will be accepted would be the compromised church. But the true church, the bride of Christ, those who have been born again of the Spirit, They didn't accept him. They crucified him. They rejected him. Oh, they want what they wanted when it was convenient for them. But as soon as he laid down the understanding, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, they said, this is too hard to understand. And they turned away from him. God, how I pray you're not turning away from Christ daily. That you're pressing in, that you're that you're asking. Like, even if you say, Well, I don't have a hunger like that, well then ask for it. Because I keep telling you, even if you just make that statement, that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. You see, God will never leave you nor forsake you or abandon you. But you say, But I got all this stuff going on in my life. But again, you just saying that, you just recognizing that there is a gulf between you. That's not of your doing, that is of his doing, because it's his loving kindness that says, Would you just 
Come to me. Trust me. I've made all provision for you through my son. Now then go forth and carry that message out to others that they may know that there is hope, everlasting hope, that you would be the standard of righteousness that is raised up in your families, in your workplace, in your communities, wherever you go. You carry Christ. Remember what the Word of God says. It's His standard. It's not man's standard. No, those who are in Christ should live as Christ lived. And it's all through application. We just can't be hearers. We just can't be hearers. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. And then yet there's no doing just a few weeks ago, and I've done it throughout the years, we walked through Jesus' teaching on the soil of the heart. You know, those two soils, those first few soils that the Word ends up getting choked out and snatched out, you realize the Word of God says that it was received. We received with joy. I'm in agreement with it. But as soon as life hit, as soon as desires hit, as soon as my wants and my needs and my selfishness rises up, it's snatched out. It's choked out. It's only the heart that's of good soil that cultivates it, that receives it, that meditates upon it, that applies it. Like the word takes root and then fruit comes forth. This is my hope for us this year, you all. Because what's coming I don't know. I pray that our prophetic eyes would be open. Now, we can't see all that's happening up here in this realm because we would be overwhelmed. (laughs) Oh, how I pray that our eyes would be open, that we would see ultimately first that those with us are greater than those who are out there running amok. (laughs) Even what the enemy has. That ultimately we can see the times that are approaching this on, upon the earth, and that we'll be able to stand and stand therefore then in Christ, because this is our position. The Bible constantly reminds us of our identity. If you're truly in Christ, like this is what our identity is, you are in Christ, you are seated with Christ. You're not living out of defeat. You're not living out of your flesh. You're not living out of all the temporalness of life. No, you've got a new perspective. Your heart has been changed. The old man, the old woman is still in there. But you reckon them dead. Because now I'm alive in Christ. So I don't know how you're talking to yourself. I keep encouraging you that you ought to be the, the best preacher you've ever heard. You. You ought to be able to to encourage yourself, to edify yourself, to to pick yourself up. doesn't mean you don't come into community. No, you need community because that's what Christ designed. Man didn't design church. Christ designed it. It was birthed by the Holy Spirit. It's God's plan that we come together, that we hear the Word of God, and that we do the Word of God. And we're encouraging and we're edifying and we're building each other up. But I'm not waiting to be encouraged by you. <laughs> I have to encourage myself. And oh, how I pray 
that you're doing that and you're doing that daily and you say, well, I'm not. And I say, I would just encourage you. Or you say, well, I don't really don't know what that looks like. Then you really should be, you should be discipled. And you should be connecting. And you should be sitting down and, and saying, nope, nope, I, I want to learn. What, what is this newness of life? How now then shall I live? Go to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1 through 2. Again, scriptures we've heard already this year, but I'm laying them back out for us throughout the year in hopes to encourage you to apply the Word of God. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 through 2. Remember, 1 is actually in chapter 10. And it says here, And you should... Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I'm so glad that you are always, I'm sorry, I'm so glad that you always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I passed on to you. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. And as he spoke to them, he's speaking to us. It was a very perverse church. Sexual sin is nothing new under the sun. But whenever you see the occult, whenever you see rebellion rising up at a level, you're going to see sexual sin rise up. Everything that's going on is nothing new, you all. The same demonic activity that's been around, it's just increasing at a level like we have never seen and you say, well, how do you, how do you know that to be true? Because the Word of God says. You say, well, where does it say? Well, do you remember what we've read before? Jesus himself tells us that in the last days, it's going to be worse than the days of Noah. Yes. And then let's not forget, because I think even myself, sometimes I forget. He does carry on. And he says, it's also, it's going to be just as worse as the days of Sodom yeah. and Gomorrah. He's already telling us what's coming. But we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to give in. We don't have to give up. No, we just have to stand up. We've got to walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation and a generation that we're purposed for. I keep trying to encourage us in that. I don't know how you're getting up each day. But you are purposed for this generation. Just as darker as it's getting, you should be getting brighter and brighter. You should understand, you should have a kingdom mindset on how you're living. And you, just as Paul, to those that you're ministering to, those that you all should be discipling people, should be able to say, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. That's how it should be. We're passing on what we have received. We're doing kingdom work behind enemy lines. We are his ambassadors. Ambassadors of his kingdom. We have full access to his kingdom. Here and now, there is a way in which we are called to live. And it's in Christ. Recognizing that's why we ought not to be easily moved or swayed or trembling. 
are collapsing or things. I know seasons I've gone through and I go, God, man, if I would have just remembered who you are, it would have saved me a lot of time. My confidence isn't in and of myself. My confidence is in him. And he's a great God. And I remember how I used to look at him when I was enslaved to myself. And I go, God, thank you. God, that you love me so. (laughs) That you just revealed yourself to me. And does that for everyone. Does that for everyone. Because in the end, he's a just God. Like you're not going to stand before him and say, well, you never. No. He's always, has always revealed himself to you. You have just not fully received him. And I pray that's not you. I pray that you have. I pray that you have the fullness of all that he has for you in your life. Because you can. And there's a way to prepare and to be equipped for what? His return. Because that's what we're living for now in Christ. Behind enemy lines, we're living for his return. We are preparing for his return. So yeah, we do look different to the world. We ought to be a peculiar people, an odd people. (laughs) Because we're not doing what we used to do. Because now we're centered on our king returning. And we're letting no one and nothing distract us. And when we find ourselves distracted, then we link arms with other believers. Say, help me, see me through. As you ultimately first call upon him the one who begun this in you, and the one, the only one that's faithful to complete it. Go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And some of us just need to hear that every day with the things that we battle, the things that we go through. And that's another thing. We don't have to hide our battles. We don't have to hide what we're going through. What are they going to think of me? No, don't do that to yourself. The Bible says to expose the fruitless deeds of the darkness, to drag them out into the light. You ought to be surrounding yourself with people who are going to hold you accountable to the truth that is that they themselves hold themselves accountable to. Because ultimately it's not our truth, it's His truth. And listen to what He says to us. Listen to this encouragement. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. The one who called us to himself, listen to that, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you. Like, ah, Jesus. 
to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Now, we have heard that numerous times throughout this year so far. And every time I read that, man, I just want to take off running. Because I'm like, oh, God, like, do you understand what we've received? I said, Lord, come on, listen to that. These are the promises. He has given us these great and precious. Do you even think upon the promises that you've been given as a child of God? What are your thoughts? What are you thinking upon? Oh, I got this problem. I got that problem. I got this going. I got that. All oh, these people. You know, we, ah, as you think, so you go. The mind is the battlefield. And I praise God. I praise God. I praise God. That was the first lesson he taught me. His mind was a mess. And if I wanted to, if I allowed it, it could still be a mess. That's why every day you get up, you put on the helmet of salvation. You do as the word of God says, take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of his lordship. That's not a suggestion, you all. And sometimes when I look and I counsel Christians, they're like, what? How do you do that? I'm like, how could you have gone this long and not understand how to do it? Like, oh, but that seems exhausting. Oh, no, the way you're living is exhausting. That's why you're sitting here getting counsel. It's exhausting to, to fight what God is trying to accomplish through you because you want to keep doing you. But when you learn that, that, that obedience, when you, when you begin to truly walk that out to take every thought captive, and to bring it underneath his lordship. Every thought that runs through, it should be running through the word yes. that's planted in you. And you go, oh, no, wait, that's not true. Because the Bible, what else does the Bible said? You give the enemy a foothold, just a little ground. And that's why it always kills me. Oh, that's not really going to hurt. Oh, really, is it really a big deal? Like, you just give him a little and he develops a stronghold. The pattern of thought, of thinking, that is contrary to the truth of God's word that now is your truth, that you're believing. Because the enemy whispered. And you listened. <laughs> but the encouragement was the word of God tell Christians. But if you've given him a stronghold, well, praise be to God. God has given us what? the weapons of our warfare, to do what? Demolish those strongholds. Listen, I tell people all the time, you're as free as you want to be. Yes. The Bible says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And if you're just sitting in this weird, lukewarm Christianity, this, come oh, on, here today, I'm out tomorrow. Well, you know, it's up and down, left and right, all around. Well, you know, yeah, I love him, but... I'm like, what? How can that be? How can that be? Or it's like that couple, like, we just want God to bless us, and we're just like Israel. And we're just like all these other people throughout the ages that just... Do for me, God. 
And we're only seeking him for our selfish desires. But that's not Christianity, you all. Christianity is you recognize, oh, God, I'm an enemy of yours. Oh, I am like, duh. But you've made a way for me to be restored to you through Jesus for no other reason but that you love me? Like, oh, why would I keep resisting you and fighting you? Why would I want to continue to identify as an enemy of your throne? Oh, God, no, forgive me. God, I am sorry. Well, I recognize that Jesus is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead. And because of the resurrection, sin and death are defeated. And now I've been given these great and precious promises that I am able to share. Have you said this to yourself lately? If you're truly a Christian, if you're not, these promises are not for you. These, these are for, children, for the children of God. And remember, we already, we already uncovered that truth. Not everyone is a child of God. I know we want everyone to be a child of God. But that's not what God says. The truth is everyone is made in the image of God. But not everyone is a child of God. And you say, well, show me that. Well, there's so many scriptures I could take you to, but I'll just take you to this one. Jesus, when he's looking at the Pharisees, God's men of the hour for their day. Now, what did he say to them? Your father is the devil. Jesus didn't mince words. He didn't mince words. No, no. Your father is the devil. People who are not in Christ, who have not been born again, they're not children of God, they're children of wrath. They are bound for destruction, eternal hell. Because they desire themselves more and ultimately they're children of the devil. And you say, well, I don't believe that. I don't want to see it that way. Well, that's okay. That, that's you. But I bet you, you can't show me anywhere in scripture that will back up what you believe. And you say, well, no, I can. And then I'd say to people who have tried, and I said, well, when you do, make sure you're not omitting other passages. Make sure it's the full counsel. Because if you could show me, and I've said this to you all before, and I've said it to many people before, if you could show me where I can have the right to live how I want, well, then I was a fool to walk away from everything. Like, what on earth? What did I miss? Because as far as I see from beginning to end, Oh no, your life is no longer your own. Why would I settle for the temporalness? 
when the eternal has been revealed to me through Christ and I'm sharing in his divine nature like do you understand that like it can't just go in and out like you are able to share not that you become God or little gods but that you are able to share his divine nature. And you say, well, then if I don't become God, if I don't become a little God, then what purpose is it to really understand that? Look at the last part of that scripture. And escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Where does sin come from? Sin comes from the desires that are from within. But no, we're not living, as Christians, we're not to be living out of that any longer. No, we're living for Christ. And again, if you don't have the hunger for this, and you can recognize you don't, don't go beat yourself up. Well, I'm a bad Christian. I shouldn't go to church. God doesn't love me. All that weird stuff that we do. No, you just recognize, like, well, if I'm seeing this, like, in and of myself, I wouldn't care. But because I'm seeing it and I kind of am wrestling with it, then that's, God, that's you revealing that to me. So I don't have to pull away from you. No, I can just say, okay, God, I'm sorry. I don't have it. But God, you're, you're revealing that to me. So God, can you give that to me? Can you help me? And trust me, he's faithful. He's faithful. Go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36. These are newer scriptures. I may have shared with them at some point or another, but it's been a while. But I wanted you to hear these scriptures. And I'm going to encourage you to meditate upon these scriptures throughout this week. And God, I really do hope that you're going back and either listening to the service on the podcast, you're sitting down with the notes that you receive and that you're just understanding them. If you're able to join us on Wednesday night, join us. But my God, just don't just sit at the table today and walk away. Come back for leftovers. Because there's so much here. And so these scriptures I'm going to share with you now, like these, like if there's anything I'm going to encourage you to meditate upon this week, I want you to go and take these scriptures and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, like, what does this mean? How do I apply this truth to my life? How does this awaken me to a greater understanding and a revelation of who you are? How does this guard my mind and my heart against, you know, all the craziness that's out there that's trying to distract me? Ezekiel 36, verse 25 through 27. This is the prophecy spoken by the man of God of the hour. 36, verse 25 through 27. The prophet is speaking for God on behalf of God, the words of God. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will become clean. Your filth, that old nature, will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I, who, God, will give you a new heart 
And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. This is what God does, you all. You see, we have, these, we have, the, we have the wrong concept of who he is. slow to anger. He's compassionate. Like he said, I'm going to do all of this for you. We just have to surrender. We just have to say, okay, God. Like, oh, like how can you stand in his presence? How, how can you get a revelation of what Christ has done and it doesn't, it doesn't bring you down? Humble you. Like, oh, God. Like, there's no other religion. Every other religion out there, you have to work towards things, to work whatever your higher power is, chant a mantra and shake and meditate and rub together and all this weird stuff. And yet God just says, no, here I am. You don't have to do all that. And isn't it, so that just show you the spiritual side of this to hopefully wake you up and yet that truth is being fought against every single day. <laughs> they would rather keep rubbing their stones and their crystals. The crystals here. All these different places. I used to do it. Lay on the earth. Spread out on the grass. Feel the energies from the tree as the wind is blowing. What kind of nonsense? But yet it was, it was my truth. It, it's like, oh, yes. You know? <laughs> but what fools we look like to our creator that goes, you want that? You, you want that? I created that. And we just keep denying him. But listen to what he says. Like, this is what I will do for you. I don't know how you're sharing the gospel. I don't know how you're... And God, you need to be telling yourself, sharing it to yourself first before you go out there. But you understand how encouraging this is. The Christian life is not to be this... It is for unsaved people. But even though there's a weight, there's an awakening that goes... Hmm. I mean, it took many years until I finally, but I can see all through my life that he was there. And every time, I wasn't ready to receive, I ran further away from him. Because I was making it all about me. See, that's what yourself does. You make it all about us. Well, if he hates me, I'm an abomination. Well, then I hate him too. What's the whole reason and behind hearing that? It wasn't for me to, to turn from him. It's for me to come to him. But yet in the midst of all that, in the midst of that truth, what, he loves me? Like he's made a way for me? He's called me out to bring me in? That I might spend eternity with him? Like, what? 
None of that made sense. Until I finally surrendered. It won't make sense to you until you finally surrendered. And I pray that each of you are surrendered this morning. But if you're not, then stop playing. Like God has each of us here today yet again. He's like, here I am. And what are you going to go back out and settle with? Kind of push it aside, push him aside and say, oh, well, it was good for that two hours. But you're not enough to sustain me the rest. And God help us. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. He knows our nature. He knows. Rob, you're not going to do it in and of yourself. I'm going to put my spirit in you. Because now it's a spirit-filled walk. It's a spirit-filled life. And don't you see how the enemy has made a mockery of the Holy Spirit in the church? Some denominations, you don't talk about the spirit. It's too radical for them. Other denominations, it's too chaotic. You look at them and you go, what kind of craziness? The dog barking, the rolling, the laughing, all this chaos? And the enemy's mocking everything that God has done in order to distract people to keep the truth from being presented. The Spirit of God is displayed through transformation. The Spirit of God is displayed through the gifts in which the Bible says that the Spirit of God distributes to the church in order to accomplish His purpose. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit. Go to John 3. John 3, verse 1 through 20. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said... We all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, Jesus' words, you all. I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. And Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, <laughs> I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? 
No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone, hear this, who believes in him will have eternal life. And here's that famous verse, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. You want to highlight something? You want to circle something? There you go. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light. There's no way around this, you all. And refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those, I'm going to go through 21, Carrie. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing, look at this, what God wants. So Jesus' words, you all, speaking to a prominent religious man who has studied everything there is about God in his day and age, and yet he was ignorant because he was still of the natural. This is a new way of living, you all. It's of the Spirit. You have to be born again. <laughs> so I would encourage you, go spend some time this week meditating, praying through that. Go to Romans 5. And I know, listen, I, I don't apologize for not shucking and driving up here for you, you know, putting on a show for you, or, you know, doing whatever to try to keep you engaged. No, all I got is the word. All I got is the word. This is what transforms lives, you all. Years ago, I did the shucking and the jiving until God stopped me. So that's not what I called you to. I know how to rouse up a group of people to give and bring in the tithe pull on people's heartstrings and manipulate people. For what? For what? To be the next big thing on TBN? For what? I'm so grateful God stopped me in my tracks. So that's what are you doing. And he's kept me all these years close to him. Not far from perfect. I know I'm maturing. I know I'm growing. I know that hunger within me. Even in those seasons when I was fighting against him. I didn't want you anymore, God. He showed up. And as he did for me, he does for everyone. Because he's not a respecter of person. We gotta get to a place, you all. Like I, I can't. I got such a. Uh, 
when I say burden, because remember, his burden is easy. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So when I say that, it's not like I'm crushed. But I do have this burden for us, you all. Especially for this year. Like, God, we, we can't get to December and be where we've been. And think that that's okay. Like, that's somehow pleasing God when all this chaos is going on out there. Like, no, we need to be out there fully engaged. Not running amok, beating people over, beating people over the head with the Bibles. I mean, those loud fools. But just being available. You know? Just using discernment. Feeling the Holy Spirit prompt you to go to someone, to pray, or to give. I said, well, I don't want to give this man my money yesterday. And the Holy Spirit just is all over me. I said, Lord Jesus, Lord, what that man's going to do with this money? Lord, I really need this money. I said, oh, okay, what am I doing? God, you're revealing yourself to him through this simple act of kindness. You saw how he came to the window. I thought he was going to break down. You know? He got himself breakfast. You know, when was the last time the man ate? Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's maybe speaking something to someone. It's just holding up truth to a loved one. It's, no, I'm not going, I'm not going that direction anymore with you. It's not that I'm better than you. It's just that that's just not what I'm doing anymore. And it's okay. You said, but then I'm alone. Do you see you turned it back on you? And that's the trick of the flesh. Like you understand you're warring against principalities and rulers. You're warring against a world system and you're warring against yourself. And all three enemies hate him. (laughs) And yet you're called to stand and reveal him. Like when you go into places, before you go in, pray up. (laughs) Pray up. That book I was reading yesterday, I got little Brandon. I said, get me one. Like, you're not a Christian because you're sitting in here and then you forget you're a Christian when you're out in traffic. (laughs) You know? You're not a Christian when you're here, oh, I'm with my Christian friends, but then, you know, when you're in the store, all of a sudden you're you're not a Christian. Like, how, how are Christians to live, to think of others before they think of themselves? You say, come on, really? I'm like, that's not me. That's God. I wrestle with it just as much as you wrestle with it. But when I truly see God and his provision in it and what God has done over the years of maturing in truth, I'm just like, I don't want to wrestle anymore. I know God. Sin is not to master me. It's not to master you. It's Christ. It's Christ. It's Christ. You know? It's Christ. We're to be his hands and his feet. We're, we're to have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Not of, of ourselves, but because he's begun this in us. So we depend upon him. 
Romans 5. I say all that because I know it's a lot, but I, man, and I know you're not retaining everything that you're hearing. But that's why you get the notes. That's why you have the scriptures to refer to so that you can sit down and carve out that time. I'm, I'm, it's a season of mentoring in my life where I'm mentoring a lot of people, which I'm really enjoying. It's not a burden in the sense of a burden that way because it's actually very light. But I have these young people that I'm just mentoring and you know, I'm looking at them, these guys and these girls and... And I'm just like, oh, God, thank you for entrusting me to care for them, to love them, to encourage them. You know, to see them grow up and mature in faith, to be able to stand against a culture that is screaming at them. And I was telling this young guy and girl the other day, I was like, listen, trust me when I tell you. It's not easy, but trust me when I tell you. You need to carve out time just sit with the word of God and in prayer. Because if you're not hiding the word in your heart, if this isn't becoming your identity, you're going to have a very hard time taking thoughts captive. You're going to have a very hard time demolishing strongholds. You're going to be devoured. Like, I treasure my time in the mornings. Like, I didn't for years. I get to it when I get to it. Sporadic. I'll get to it. And then I'm rushing through. But oh God. No, 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 no. Like I'm telling you, like I don't disturb me. Don't don't look at me. I don't care if the house is burning down. I don't care if you're calling me nonstop. I'm not answering it. <laughs> I I treasure those moments in the morning. I know how vital it is for the day ahead. You say, well, I don't know how to start that. Well, that's actually years ago when I started this. That's why I started posting things in the morning. A little encouraging word, a little scripture. During the week, it's a prayer. Then you have a worship song to kind of sit. So if you don't have your own pattern, you just need to start somewhere, well, then just look on Facebook. Every morning, it's there. Until you develop your own pattern. Until you develop, this works for me. This is... You just got to start somewhere. You got to treasure that, you all. And then you have to ask. I can't, I can't keep pressing that enough today. I don't know who needs to hear it or multiple people need to hear it. But if you don't have it, then ask for it. You can't conjure it up. You, you can't make it about works. I've got to do this, got to do this, got to. If it's works, it's of no value. Because now you're attempting but when you yield to the Spirit, say, I can't, but you can't. Give me that hunger for your word, for truth. Help me when I go out today. I just want to be your vessel. I just want to be your servant. I don't want to make it about me. Be quick, Holy Spirit, to convict. I'm okay. I'm not going to pull away. I'm not going to beat myself up. No, I need that conviction because I know it's because it's your loving kindness that draws me to repentance. It's, it's for my good. It's not for my bad. You're not trying to put me down. Oh, look, you failed again. You failed again. You're never measuring up. Oh, you're, you're well, how could I have chosen you? Look at all the screw-ups you've done. Nobody says. Therefore, Romans 5... <laughs> 
Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Again, for Christians. If you're not a Christian, become a Christian so these promises can be your promises. You have the privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too. Who lives this way? That's how we ought to be living. Listen to this next part if you've never heard it before. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Your flesh, that's not your flesh's response. For we know that they help us develop endurance. There's a purpose behind it, you all. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Remember years ago, I learned, I I used to pray, God, get me through this, get me through this. God, just fix it, fix it. God, take it, take it. But I've matured since then, and I'm like, God, I don't want to get out of it until I have everything I need to grow up in it. I need more of you, Jesus. Trials come. They're not easy. But wow, Holy Spirit, help me to rejoice in them. And not this weird rejoicing. But, but true, like, it's okay. God, thank you. Thank you that you see fit that I can endure this. Because your word says you're not going to put on me more than I can endure. So if I've got to go through this, God, I know you're with me. And I know it's to mature me. God, there's a way to look at it, you all. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by The blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Come on. And I was encouraging y'all on Friday, and I believe as I have before. Listen, before we come to Christ and receive Christ and are born again, we're enemies of God, as the Word of God is saying, and yet God loves us. He loves us. That's why He pursues us. That's why He's 
pleased to reveal himself to us through his son Jesus because of his love. So after coming a Christian, receiving Christ, being born again, when I sin, God doesn't take his love away. So I don't love you now. The same love that he had for me then, he has for me now. And that's why, I've said it over and over today, I don't know if you've caught on yet, it's his loving kindness, as scripture says, that brings us to repentance. The difference of now, as a Christian, when you sin, you're not purposely choosing to sin. It's not becoming a lifestyle, it's not a pattern in your life, and if it is, God help you. The lost person, it's just who they are. It's their pattern. It's just what they do. As a Christian, when you sin, you feel the weight. You feel the conviction. And that's why there should be this sorrow, this godly sorrow. It's not a flippant, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, like we heard on Friday, we've heard before here multiple times. No, you hate it. Like, ah! Oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, what am I doing here? Like, no, 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 this doesn't define me anymore. God, I'm sorry. And that's it. You don't have to beg God. You don't have to be like, oh, no, because of that, that genuine sorrow, because of the, the Holy Spirit prompting you, because of the love and draws you back to Him. You go, oh, my God, I'm sorry. And then you get up and you just keep moving on. <laughs> Understand the that's why I don't understand Christianity. Sometimes when I hear it out there, I'm like, God, it's so confusing. And listen, I gotta get off social media because I'm I, what's going on with these Christian leaders that I have utmost respect for in these denominations. God, they're like they're turning on each other and devouring each other. I'm like, guys, this is not what it's about. I'm like, oh. I'm concerned what the church is having to deal with. And in our zeal for right theology and our zeal for, for right teaching and <laughs> we're making it, we're losing people. Yes. Do we need to raise up a standard and say, no, that's not allowed in the church. No, that ought not to be teaching. Yes, he's a heretic and she's a heretic and don't listen. Yes, we should call them out and we should do all of that. But the things that, that we're not agreeing on, that doesn't take away Christ and salvation through Christ, like why are we making that the hill we're going to die on? God, we just got to wake up. It's, it's too much. It's too much. And this is what's going on out there. I'm like, and yet there's such a great awakening. I introduced you to, he goes by Bobby Pop. <laughs> I love me some Bobby Pop and his fiance. I want to meet them. I want them saved. I pray for them every opportunity I get. This guy, man, he he's, he's got a testimony, man, and so does his fiance. But my God, they're so lost, but yet they're so awakened. <laughs> and that's what's happening today. All throughout, there's these people that are being awakened, <laughs> and they just need truth. And so when they look at the church and the condition that she's in, and I even really hate to say the church, 
But Jesus says the church, so all right, Jesus, write the letters to them. I mean, come on, like it's a mess. And so where do people go who has an awakening that God is awakening? It's not the awakening themselves. No, the spirit of God is moving throughout the earth. And people are waking up to everything that's going on. And we ought to be there. We ought to be there ready to share the truth. And to live out Christianity. There's freedom, you all. How are you going to tell me about the God who sets you free and you look just as miserable in your misery? Come on. Where's the freedom? Oh, my circumstance. Why is it your... Where's the freedom? No, not everyone can have good... You know, come on, we make so much excuses. I'm not telling you to go around and pretend and hold a weird facade and... Oh, we're just floating around on clouds. No, they need to see you in the trenches. They need to see you in your misery. And as they're looking at you, they should see Christ carrying you through it. You're growing, you're maturing. Point everything to Christ. Ah, come on, Jesus. And then, ah, did you catch that last sentence there? So now we can rejoice in a wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Doesn't mean we strip down God and make him common and now he's our homeboy and we make him just like anyone else. But it's this picture. Like the holy God. You're restored to him. You're connected now. The one who spoke. And everything was formed. The one whose plan and purpose we're seeing lived out before us. Oh, wow. Man, I want to be closer to him. And yet realize that. my dad he's my great warrior he's my defender he's my comforter he's my strength when the enemy comes and says I'm going to take your sight away from you I said well may I remind you so I did last night in bed the enemy was pressing in on my heart he's my eyesight I see because of Christ a realm that you can never take my vision away from me See, he comes every which way after us, the enemy does. You better know how you're connected and how secure you are because it can't be taken away from you. When Adam sinned, it goes on. Sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death and death spread to everyone. So everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned before the law was given. Ah. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. 
But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. Ah, But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live, come on, and triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. You live in triumph over sin and death. And yet we keep making excuses for our bad attitudes. <laughs> Come on. Like I told you before, like when you recognize that you're clean, you're no longer stained. Like all that guilt and all that condemnation, all that stuff that even people today want to throw up in your face. what it is you walk afresh and anew walk upright understand what has been paid the price that has been paid and then what you have received like if you're not getting up every day realizing that you through Christ God not through yourself but through Christ you have the victory over everything that has held you down Every thought, every desire, every insecurity, every whatever. And that's what we have to give to others. Because you know what? We all have the same condition as we just heard. We're all sinners. And yet we're living differently. We're not striving. Like, wow, well, no, it's... Joke is easy, it's burden is light. You can walk. <clears throat> And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Like, he's with us. He's our God. (laughs) Yes, Adam's, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one... Because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. And we, we touched on that. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over people and brought them to death. Come on. Now God's wonderful grace rules instead. Remember, it's opposite day. Giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, I don't know how you look at yourself. But if your identity is really rooted in truth, you've been born again, do you understand? You are in right standing with God. And resulting, and this is resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ. 
Do you understand how you should be getting up each and every single day and going about your day? What do you say? I'm not going to have a bad day. No, but when you have a bad day, don't make it about you. There's a way in which you're start to be, you're to be growing and maturing now. You're behind enemy lines. You're in a fallen world. <laughs> you're going to have many of a bad days. But don't forget Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble. Okay, Jesus, but be of good cheer. Rob, I've already overcame the world. So why are you so focused on that? Look to me. Let me mature you. Let me grow you through this. Let me remind you of your identity. I'm in right standing with God. I can have this confidence. And if you don't have that, how I pray for you today that you would have that. That I'm right with God. That's all you go and you say this week. And the only way you can be right with God (laughs) is through Jesus Christ. You truly have received Christ, that you've seen yourself as his enemy, that you've humbled yourself, that you've repented, that you have a belief and a confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he rose from the dead. And now you're born again of the Spirit of God and now you're in a process of just maturing, (laughs) preparing for his return. And I can get up knowing that I'm in right standing. Not because of myself. You see, when, when we make it like, oh, wow, wow, I went to church. I did my devotions. I did some tithing. I did some serving. Like, okay, I'm, I'm okay, God. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And no, no, no. If that's what you're doing, no, you're not okay. <laughs> you're no different than Nicodemus. You're going to have a longing within you. Like, am I born again? How can I be born again? Am I right? But you're going to constantly have this struggle. You don't have to live that way. Because when you know that you know that you know, I'm in right standing with God through Jesus Christ. Let the world crumble all around me. I will stand and worship my God. I know my God. I know He's faithful. And I know that He's begun this work in me. Like, oh, there's a way in which you should be speaking, go to Ephesians 2. And Carrie, we're, I pray next week we'll get to the scriptures, walking through scriptures. We're not going to get to them today. We're still in First Chronicles. But anyways, go to Ephesians chapter 2. I've been praying and I've just been feeling the Lord just lead us this direction, because these truths are so needed. <laughs> What's the use of even walking through Scripture <laughs> if we don't even have an understanding of Scripture or a desire for Scripture? And so that's why I want to give you these other Scriptures and hopes to encourage you to go meditate on the goodness of our God so that when we do come together, we can walk through Scriptures. And the whole purpose of walking through scriptures and the way that we do is so that God is revealed to us at a greater level to move us, to draw us closer to him and saying, that's my God. That's my God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Uh, Once you, who? 
You were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. You used to live in sin. Hear that. Just like the rest of the world, look at this, obeying the devil. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us. And he's talking to the church. He's not talking to uh, mankind as a whole. This was written to the church in Ephesus as well as for the church for today. All of us used to live that way. That is your condition if you're truly a child. That's how you used to live. You, you, you don't keep saying the things you say, doing the things you've done, and, and keep running amok. Oh, but praise God, I'm, I, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. I'm making a mockery. Well, I believe, I said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He rose from the dead. But your belief in your confession hasn't even humbled you. Because you don't even understand the weight of that belief in confession. The devil don't mind you giving it, because guess what? As we read, I think the last week or the week before, the demons even know that. And they tremble with fear because of that knowledge. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Oh, but look at this good news. But God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God, God, hear this. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Oh, look at this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us. Did you hear that? Long ago. Listen, he formed us. He knew us. He's prepared good works for us to do. Even before he placed us in our mother's womb. We're not a mistake. We're not an accident. You're to be about our father's business. You're to be in the kingdom working. Kingdom work. It's a way of life now. This is how you put in all your effort and running amok. How you put all that energy and the effort into the kingdom. 
but not in and of your own strength, but in dependence upon the Holy Spirit. We will close today with the attribute of God. We end the attributes of God next week, at least the lesson that I had planned for us. So we've been doing it for 14 weeks now. We're on the 14th one. Here's the previous ones we've heard. God is infinite. He is self-existing without origin. God is immutable. He never changes. God is self-sufficient. He has no needs. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. God is omnipresent. He is always everywhere. God is wise. He is full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. God is faithful. He is infinitely, unchangingly true. God is good. He is infinitely, unchangingly kind and full of goodwill. God is just. He is infinitely, unchangeably right and perfect in all he does. God is merciful. He is infinitely, unchangeably compassionate and kind. God is gracious. God is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. God is loving. God infinitely, unchangingly loves us. And then today, take this through your week. God is holy. He is infinitely, unchangingly perfect. Revelations 4, 8. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The the word holy means sacred, set apart, revered, or divine. And yet none of these words is adequate to describe the awesomeness or the awesome holiness of our God. John MacArthur writes this about God's holiness. All of the attributes of God, holiness is the one that most uniquely describes him and in reality is a summation of all of his other attributes. The word holiness refers to his separateness, his otherness. The fact that he is unlike any other being, it indicates his complete and infinite perfection. Holiness is the attribute of God that binds all the others together. That God is holy, he is endlessly always perfect. And his standard for us is perfection as well. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus says that in Matthew 5, verse 48. That's why we need Christ. Without Christ taking the place for us and dying for our sins, we would all fall short of God's holy standard. Tozer says this about what God's holiness demands. Since God's first concern for his universe is its moral health, that is, its holiness, whatever is contrary to this is necessarily under his eternal displeasure. To preserve his creation, God must destroy whatever would destroy it. When he arises to put down iniquity and save the world from imparable and repairable moral collapse, He is said to be angry. Every wrathful judgment in the history of the world has been a holy act of preservation. The holiness of God, the wrath of God, and the health of the creation are inseparably united. God's wrath is his utter intolerance of whatever degrades and destroys. Thankfully, the Christian will never have to experience God's holy wrath poured out. Through Christ's death and resurrection, the penalty for our sin was paid and we were imputed, credited with Christ's righteousness. Now, when God looks on us, he sees Christ's 
perfect holiness. Hallelujah! It is only only in this that we can hope to stand in the presence of the blindingly pure, perfect, holy one of Israel. This is our God, you all. This is our God. This is whom you are to be out there testifying about, living for. And if you're sitting here today and, and, and he's not your God, then I would encourage you, don't rush out of here. If you need prayer, hang back. If you don't, listen, prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. You're more than happy to sit right where you're at and repent for your, with your, just by yourself with God. I recognize I'm a sinner. That God, yet again, you're revealing yourself to me. And, and God, I'm fighting against you. God, I'm sorry. God, I want all that you have for me through Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he rose from the dead. I understand the weight of that and the freedom that comes from being born again of the Spirit. I don't know what the next step is, but God, I can trust you. His word says that as you receive Christ, as you've been born again, then your next step should be baptism. You don't wait till you're perfect. You have nothing in your life to be baptized. No, you go run and be baptized. Because <laughs> it's an outward declaration of death. Going down and coming up anew. And then you're to be discipled. So that you can learn, you can understand what it means to obey all of his commands with joy. With joy. The Christian life, you all, is not a burden hard-pressed life in the sense that what we make it to be. Because again, his burden, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And yet though we will be pressed in on every side, we will not be crushed. Because our God is for us. So I'm going to play this last song. Hopes to encourage you as it's sung over us. And then I'll close us in prayer.
Oh, baby.